Hey, oh, welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela, and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions, and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed stuff love and a whole lot of real talk. But let me just say, this journey is so much more fun with the bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. Hello, my Built to Be You friend. This week's episode is going to get raw. It's going to get real. And it's going to get deep. And full transparency, I might shed a few tears (laughs) during this episode. And I think it's just a testimony of my mission in this podcast to just be fully transparent, to show up in a space as the full version of ourselves, not dimming our lights, not dimming your light, not dimming my light, and just being honest. And honesty and vulnerability is something that I've really been trying to lean into. And to be completely honest with you, I've been avoiding pushing play to record this episode. I've had to go to the deepest corner of my courage closet to show up here in this space with you today. And I'm challenging you to do the same after this week's episode to go to your courage closet and ask yourself, what do I need to show up for? What do I need to have the courage to do in this season, in this week, in this moment? And being in this space with you in the Built to Be You community is a deep belly, full body, fuck yes alignment and fear um, of simultaneously wanting to share my truth, but also the fear of not saying the quote unquote right thing. But if I have learned anything from investing intentional time and energy to my own growth, I know there is massive power in hearing the vulnerability and the truth of others, which is what I'm going to do my best to bring to you today. So just to kind of tee this up and give you a little bit of backstory, I walked into my first therapy session about six months ago. I had tried out the virtual therapy thing before. I didn't love that. I was really craving that in-person interaction. It took me a long time. It was a long process to figure out who accepted my insurance, who didn't, who was affordable, who wasn't. Um, So if you're somebody who is actively going through the seeking out therapy process, stay with it. It is worth it, I promise you. But I remember walking into that first therapy session. I was terrified. I was like, what do I wear? You know, what do I say when I first walk in? Hi, my name is Michaela and I have some trauma that needs to be healed. Can you help me out? And I remember asking myself, you know, do I really need the help of somebody else? Or can I really sort through these skeletons in my closet on my own? And I can remember how much courage it took me to open that front door. I remember how much I cried our first session. I remember how strange it felt to be sobbing in front of a stranger who knew absolutely nothing about me. Before starting therapy, I didn't realize how heavy my childhood affected me at the time, you know, my 24-year-old self. I went through life with divorced parents at a really young age, a drug addict for a brother, which is something that... I hide all of the time. A lot of people don't even know I have a sibling. And that's a whole nother podcast episode. You know, being born and raised in a small town where everybody knew everybody, relationships and heartbreaks, moments that tested my strength and built me into the person I am today that I didn't even realize had that profound of an effect or impact. 
And this episode isn't professional advice. I'm not a therapist, but I am a woman on a mission to empower others to build and become the best version of themselves. So if you say that therapy isn't your jam, I encourage you to try it. If you feel as if this episode might be a trigger for you, please pause and pick another one of the 80 plus episodes of Built to Be You and come back to this one in a season where it can serve you better. But welcome to my story of living in my crisis mode. When I first started therapy, I went once a week. Then I went every other week. Then I started my first travel assignment working night shift that was three plus hours away and I quit going until I didn't. I will never forget the 8 a.m. session that we had post night shift. I think it was like shift three or four and I logged into a virtual meeting and I sobbed uncontrollably for approximately 50 minutes. My therapist said very few words. I mostly took the lead. It was a miracle that she could even understand me. My sweatshirt sleeve was filled with snot. My eyes were puffy and that was my first crisis mode moment. I was only asking for help when I was at my deepest, darkest point. And just a few weeks ago, my crisis mode came again. And that is when I had the powerful realization that we as humans live in crisis mode quite often. We don't do the maintenance that we need to do to keep up with our nervous system, to regulate our nervous system, to really just be present with our body and our feelings. And big deep breath, Michaela. (laughs) This crisis mode a few weeks ago, it was an out-of-body experience that I had never felt before and what some would call a panic attack. I didn't know it was a panic attack. I had heard people talk about them before, explain how they feel. But for me, my chest felt tight. My breathing felt heavy. Every noise around me sounded like an entire cupboard of kitchen pots and pans being emptied all over the hardwood floor. I couldn't shut off my brain. I couldn't stop the tears. And I didn't know what to do. It was an experience that felt so out of body, so unlike anything that I had ever experienced before. And whether you've experienced a panic attack in your own life or you haven't, I want you to know that I am giving you the biggest hug right now and that, you know, asking for help is essential. It is key. You know, your body feels like it's a stranger, like you're not safe. And I've realized reflecting back how beautiful our nervous system is. You know, our nervous system works to put us in this fight or flight mode. It works to protect us. And the first thing I did was I called my mom, no answer. I called her again, answer. She knew, she knew as soon as she heard just the tremor in my voice, uh, I'm (laughs) trying to keep it together. The tremor in my voice and the sound of my breath and just the inability to explain what it was I was going through. And I knew that She had dealt a lot with these moments in her own life. So she walked me through some breathing. It was literally midnight. I was barefoot. I was rocking around my neighborhood. The fresh air on my face felt refreshing. The pacing back and forth gave me a distraction. And in that moment, I didn't know what was happening. And I woke up the next morning feeling like 
I was hungover. I was like, what in the actual F just happened? And again, I hadn't experienced this before. So if you're somebody that deals with this regularly and you know, you're relating to this explanation, let's normalize the full human experience, right? And doing what I do best, I scheduled a therapy appointment for the first time in weeks. And the morning of therapy, I went for a sunrise run. It was vivid. It was beautiful. My soul felt so happy, so alive, and so free. This was just a couple of days after this panic attack. And I got done with my run. I got in my car, and I was driving to therapy. I got to the exit for therapy, and you know what I did? I turned around. I turned my car around. I didn't want to go. I knew she was going to make me talk about my panic attack. But also I knew simultaneously that that's why I booked the therapy appointment because I needed to reflect. I needed a space to just be, to just say what I needed to say, feel what I needed to feel. And no worries, after a (laughs) courage pep talk with myself, I turned that car right back around and ended up in the therapy parking lot. And I sat down for all of 60 seconds before I went off, crying, talking, connecting reality to thoughts, reflecting. And before we worked through the rest of the details, she said, Michaela, how often are you going to allow yourself to keep coming here in crisis mode? And I sat there stunned. Me? Crisis mode? Isn't that what therapy's for? (laughs) You know, isn't it? Isn't it supposed to be to fix my problems and to help me heal and to be on this journey of growth? And therapy is all of those things for me, by the way. But she went on to give me the analogy. Our cars need maintenance to run at their best. We have annual doctor appointments to prevent future disease. Therapy is no different. You yourself require fine-tuning, checkups, and maintenance to keep yourself from breaking down all of the time. And that right there kind of shook me at my core. So if you're still here listening, I want to ask you, are you always living in crisis mode? Are you always living in fight or flight where your body and your nervous system doesn't know how to keep up with the demand of your life, the demand of your emotions, the demand of your environment, the demand of your trauma? Or are you creating time and space and allowing yourself to do maintenance, to heal, to work, to care for your mind, body, and soul? And crisis mode for me looks like just trying to survive trying to get through the overwhelm, the moment of influx of emotions, feelings, thoughts. It's the moment in the time where I slow down and life catches up with me. It's when I realize that I'm just merely trying to survive the days, the weeks, the season that I'm in. And I'm doing as much as I can to quote unquote, get things done while spending as little time as possible to really acknowledge what's going on in my internal environment. And this episode is more of a come with me and let's figure it out together type of thing, which that's my mission with every Built to Be You episode is like, I don't want you to think that I have it all figured out, but now more than ever, this is something I'm navigating in real time. This is raw. This is truth. And it's still new. It feels like a fresh wound. And still to this day, I'm journaling in my journal about the experience in that first panic attack. And I've had several other since, not to the extent or to just 
the feeling of that first one. And I think it's because I know what's happening. It doesn't feel so out of body or quote unquote crazy. And I don't even like to use that word. But through therapy and through that session alone, I've been able to normalize just the feelings that I was having, how heavy it felt in my chest, how loud everything sounded. And I want to share with you a couple of things that have been working for me. And again, I don't have this all figured out. I am just barely scratching the surface of healing not just past trauma, but everyday trauma, life demands. So the first thing is doing more of the things I want to do and less of the things I don't. And this might sound like common sense, but it's not always common practice. You know, other people ask things of you. Other people want to do things. You see other people showing up in a certain type of way or pursuing a certain career So you kind of just like by osmosis almost of consuming or hearing or seeing or talking about what it is that they're doing. You're like, yeah, okay, I'll try that too. Or you get invited to some Friday night plans and you don't actually want to go, but you go because that's what everybody else is doing and FOMO. So before I make a decision or before I say yes to somebody else, I ask myself, you know, by saying yes to this person, What am I saying no to in my own life? And after my crisis mode therapy session, we talked a lot about my schedule and my calendar and how many things I do. And I do do so many things. You know, some people look at my schedule like, Michaela, I just don't know how you do it. And then I looked at my own schedule and I was like, y'all, I don't know how I do it either. And that's been a hard truth for me to swallow is that I need, I need to do less. Otherwise, I think I am going to find myself living in crisis mode a lot more in the future. So take a moment to reflect, you know, I use my Google calendar for absolutely everything. Open up your calendar or your planner, wherever you keep track of, you know, your life and look back, you know, what, Friday night activity did you have planned or what appointment did you have scheduled or, you know, whatever it is that you had scheduled in your life that you were like, yeah, I didn't really want to be here, but I went there anyways. And I realized that I was having a lot of those days, moments. I wasn't really giving myself time to just be. And as a byproduct, I had a night where I was just being And then my nervous system got overwhelmed. It was like, I don't know what to do with this space in this time. You know, like, why are you not doing more? Why are you not doing something else? And again, our nervous system is such a beautiful thing. I actually have interviewed somebody who is, um, that's like her passion is the nervous system and regulating the nervous system and focusing on healing trauma. So I will link that episode in the show notes. That way you can go back and look at it. But her content is something that I have been consuming intentionally as I'm on this healing journey because there's so much value in learning that like physiologically there is something going on. But that's kind of a sidebar. The second thing I've been doing is this kind of ties into what I just talked about getting better about boundaries and scheduling. Again, really asking myself, is this something I want to do or am I doing it because I should or because somebody else wants me to? And lastly, allowing myself to be human. You are a human on an epic wild ride called life. 
You are allowed to feel whatever it is that you want to feel. You are allowed to be whoever you want to be. You are allowed to do whatever the hell you want to do. And once you give yourself the permission slip to embrace and embody the full human experience, the highest of the highs, the lowest of the lows, life feels less heavy. Life feels less like it's pulling you in one direction and you're trying to push it back full force in the other direction. And I actually heard this quote in a podcast this morning. I did not plan on talking about this. And it was along the lines of everybody sucks. So why are you being an asshole to yourself? You're going to have hard days. You're going to have days where you don't show up the way that you want to. You're going to have days where you question if you have what it takes to make it to the next day. And I can promise you that you do. You do have what it takes. And your body loves you. Your soul cares about you. You just have to care about it. You have to practice, you know, spending time with yourself to learn more about yourself. And again, I'm in this with you. I'm in the trenches with you. I don't know what this next season likes, looks like or how to best navigate the next panic attack when it comes. But I do know that I have to change something and that something has to give. And it was kind of one of those back against the wall moments for me where I realized that I can't keep going at the pace that I'm at, crossing the boundaries that I'm crossing, being with the people that I'm with. If I want something to be different. And again, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm here to be raw and real and vulnerable and authentic, as authentic as I can. Um, Yeah, this is the first episode that I have cried tears on, like actual tears, and I need to go blow my nose. (laughs) But with all that being said, I hope that this episode just serves as a moment for you to check in with yourself to ask yourself what it is that you really need, what needs of yours are not being met right now. You know, when you find yourself in this crisis mode, in this flight or fight, in this survival mode, you don't make your greatest decisions. You don't show up as the best version of yourself. And I know you're a woman that deeply cares about her purpose and her mission in this life. Otherwise, you wouldn't be tuning into this episode. So we'll lock arms. We'll move forward together one step at a time and we'll really embrace the full human experience and know that we're doing the best that we can with the resources we have. And again, this episode is about us going together. You don't have to go at it alone ever. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon.